Road men, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. It's the Roadman Tour de France Roundup. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness and our longevity? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadmen, the sun has set on the Tour de France 2020, a race which we all feared would not happen in the wake of COVID and the pandemic that is gripping the world at the moment. But credit to the ASO, they have pulled off a spectacular Tour de France, one of the best in living memory. I had said it was a Tour de France daily podcast and here I am, the day after the Tour de France, still finding myself wanting to talk about the Tour de France. I just don't want the party to end. So I wanted to bring a little bit of a Tour de France roundup, a little recap of my best moments. And I want to finish off today's podcast with giving out three award, four awards, three, I'm doing myself a disservice there, four awards that I've invented. The Touch of Class Award, Funniest Moment, Top Domestique and the Breakaway King. So make sure you listen all the way to the end to figure out who is holding these coveted make-believe prizes. Before I get started, I'd like to remind you of how I fund this podcast. It's patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. That's the place you can go. The link is in the bio. That's the place you can go and buy me a pint of beer to say thanks for the work that goes into creating the podcast, producing the podcast, hosting the podcast, all that. I'd encourage you to head on over there, please, because it makes such a difference to the podcast and the continuation of it. Guys, I've, I feel like there's just so much to talk about. Now, it's obviously very, very easy to be an armchair critic, but nevertheless, that's exactly what I'm going to be over the next 10 or so minutes. I'm going to be an armchair critic. First, I want to talk about Jumbo Visma. Eddie Merckx was very critical of them. Basically, if you didn't see the article in La Keep, summarised it as they were headless chickens they got their tactics completely wrong now he's the greatest cyclist ever so we need to listen a little bit so I was thinking about what could they have done really there was days when the breakaway should have went and got 15, 16, 20 minutes and it didn't they were transitionary stages and we've seen them in previous years going a huge breakaway a huge gap between the breakaway and the main peloton Jumbo Visma decided they didn't want that happening for whatever reason like historically we would have seen back in the armstrong day you know he might have won a prologue kept the jersey for one or two stages but they didn't want to control the bike race through the center of the race it's too much effort it's too much energy so they'd give the jersey away they let somebody in the breakaway who was a non-threat who couldn't climb and they knew would lose you know 50 minutes 60 minutes as soon as it came to the high mountains they let him hold the yellow jersey for a few days his team go on the front to control the race and your boys can chill. Jumbo Visma decided not to do that and they worked and they set a ferocious tempo all week. Now, it's doing a lot of things. It's tiring out, obviously, the guys who have to set the tempo, but it's also tiring out Roglic because he's sitting at the back of that line rather than in the peloton. And it's harder to sit. It's safer, but it's harder to sit there than it is sitting in the peloton. That's the first thing you could arguably criticise them for. The second thing is not playing the Tom Dumoulin card like Tom Dumoulin was a card he's he's a he's a previous Giro d'Italia winner there's not many 
super domestiques in the peloton that can bode a grand tour win but they didn't utilize him he finished seven minutes down and that's even after all his work on the front really what needed to happen was they fired tom dumoulin into one of the breaks and now all of a sudden uae are exposed uae have to work jumbo visma are in a great position where they can sit back if uae don't take up the chase dumoulin goes on gets a handful of time and potentially becomes a threat on the overall and if UAE do work, they're losing all their troops. And Roglic is just sitting there, chilling, in the bunch. They just didn't make best use of their riders. Easy to point the fingers after. We'd be sitting, having a very different conversation about the total, utter dominance of Jumbo Visma if Roglic pulled out a better time trial. But, you know, that is the benefit of hindsight. And that's what we get to do when I am here in my armchair, filling the role of armchair critic. Another couple of things that just dawned on me post Tour de France, just getting that day and I went out for a ride this morning and just thinking through the events of the last three weeks. If I'm Chris Froome, Garant Thomas, am I sitting back now and reconsidering my Grand Tour ambitions? I think I am. I don't Froome and Thomas have never done the sort of numbers that we've seen Pogaccia riding up La Plata Belfi or uh Parasud earlier in the race. I don't know if they're good enough to win Grand Tours ever again. If you think about, we have Bernal, who's just a year older than Pogaccia. Pogaccia's 22 today. Happy birthday. Uh, we have Evan Paul, who I know he had a bad crash, and he's coming back from that hip injury. But Evan Paul is legitimately as good as Bernal and Pogaccia, if not a better talent than they are. So, yeah, are these senior riders the sort of heavier set? Now, that's... Difficult to say heavier set when the boys are still 70 kilograms, but they're a much bigger frame than your Bernals and your Pogacias and your Evan Poles. They've got to be thinking back and maybe saying, especially if you're Thomas going, Oh, I've already won a Tour de France here. It'd be pretty cool to put my name on a Tour of Flanders, a Paris Roubaix. A little bit of food for thought. And especially with the Worlds coming up next Sunday now, uh, I can't believe this season we have going on. So we still have the Worlds coming up this weekend which is amazing after the Tour de France because it normally feels like there's a lag and off oh, you're a cycling fan now you've got to wait because all the good racing's finished in the spring and we're kind of hanging around until the Vuelta no 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 the world is this weekend and if some of the riders can manage their form I'm thinking Wout van Aert manages fatigue in the seven days between end the Tour de France and start of Worlds you would just find it really, really hard to bet against Wout van Aert coming into the world. It has to have helped that there was no parties, there was no celebrations in Paris yesterday. I believe, chatting to uh, Alex Kirsch, who's the guest on Wednesday's podcast from Trek Segafredo, he was talking to me about Port and Richie Port's performance and how it was a little bit unexpected. They went in for stages and maybe a top five in the general Never expected the podium, but they're obviously delighted with it. They had a lot to celebrate last night, and my understanding is that it was just some catering in the hotel and a bit of a dinner. So, fairly muted celebrations. Just got to be a kick in the teeth. It's your first tour, and you're looking forward to getting to Paris for a bit of a celebration. Ah, got a feel for them. Straight back into action on Sunday for the Worlds. And then the Giro starts on Saturday week, which is insane. Uh, we have Sam Bennett, sixth ever 
rider to win wearing the green jersey in Paris and he's the first since Mark Cavendish in 2011 and the prestige of winning on the Champs-Élysées in the green jersey can't be over-egged if you're a sprinter that's the sprinters world championships they all absolutely gun for it all the sprinters rest up for it it's the highlight of the sprinting season so I was absolutely delighted to see Sam winning that and also I was delighted to see the gap in the end when I'm winning that stage and taking the intermediate yesterday his gap to winning the green jersey his gap to Sagan in the green jersey competition is more than the amount of points that Sagan was penalised the day he got relegated for leaning into Wout van Aert doesn't that seem like the day Sagan leaned into Wout van Aert doesn't that seem like it was about four and a half years ago time's a funny way of moving so yeah it's it's a big gap now so i think sam is the he was the fastest man in the bike race and when you're fastest man in the bike race you should win the green jersey that's what it is so sagan does it a sort of different way because he climbs better and i don't know delighted to see sagan not get his eight jersey okay let's get into these awards oh actually before i get into these awards yeah i've mentioning one of the podcasts i'm back training in a very condensed window it was three weeks when i started out for the national championships i'm less than two weeks away i'm having to choose between do i want to be fast or do i want to have good endurance when you're training in a really condensed period like that it you have to make that choice you can't have speed and endurance so yeah i've been getting out and making it happen and luckily the weather is playing ball for the moment so national championships here in ireland are on saturday week the day the giro starts saturday week so definitely looking forward to that a bunch of you guys took up the 14 day challenge that i put together that was in response to piles of dms i got all through the tour about just how do you get started what's the steps and to kickstart your fitness and i wanted to give detailed answers because i want to see you guys going fast on the bike but i couldn't do justice to it in instagram dm so i put together a cool little video course training plan shopping list eating plan stuck all that together i have a link in the bio to go and get that for the princely sum of two quid let's get in drum roll I can't do a drum roll. I'm not even going to pretend I can do a drum roll. Do you remember that lad out of... Uh, out of... What was that movie? He was a coloured lad. It's me being trying to... Very politically correct. Uh, he was a coloured lad. Police Academy. And he used to make those sounds. He's the man I need for this bit. The drum roll. The first award. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> that wasn't a drum. The first award. It's... The funny moment of the Tour de France award. My funniest moment in the Tour de France came from the very first stage. It was the stage if we journey back to Col d'Ise and we had basically an agreement in the peloton that no one was going to ride hard on the front on the descent because the roads were super wet, super dangerous and everyone seemed to agree until Astana took it on themselves to say, no, this is the Tour de France. We're going to push on. We're going to ride fast. We're unreal bike handlers. Fast forward 30 seconds. The Astana boy on the front. He he twitches front wheels gone. Back wheels gone. Front wheels gone. And he skids into a hedge. We can laugh about it because he wasn't hurt. And straight after that, Roglic rolls up. Uh, and he just says to the Astana boys, like, what are you doing? You've just embarrassed yourselves. And they all slowed down. That was my favorite funny moment from the Tour de France. My touch of class moment involved Primoz Roglic. 
He's wore the yellow jersey all through the Tour de France. He's just had a shocking, horrific defeat on time trial up La Plata de Belfi. And he's rightly entitled to throw a strop, walk off. But what does he do? The mark of the champion. He goes and he interrupts an interview that Tajay Pogaccia is given on Eurosport. And he congratulates his friend, his fellow countryman, and the winner of Tour de France. It was a beautiful embrace between two great champions. And I just thought it's a mark of a man. It's a mark of what a great athlete he is and what a great ambassador for our sport he is. Touch a class award goes to Primoz Roglic. Now, it's scant consolation having lost the Tour de France but winning a touch a class award. I feel like this is kind of like under 15 when I was nailed on to win player of the year of football and I got the most improved player award. It was just a slap in the face. In retrospect, I feel like my Touch of Class award might be a bit of a slap in the face to Roglic. But if anyone's friends with Roglic, pass it on to him. Let him know he won the Touch of Class award. My Top Domestique award, the coveted Top Domestique award, the unsung hero award, we could call this one. It could only go to one man. It was Wout van Aert. He rode the crosswinds. He rode the climbs. He rode the valleys. He rode the descents. He won two stages. He is the best all-round bike rider in the world. Top domestic, unsung hero, Wout van Aert. Our final award in this coveted prize giving, it's the breakaway king, the breakaway specialist. This is a rider who I didn't know, if I'm honest, coming into the race. It's Sunweb's Kron Anderson. Two stages, and I just loved when he won his second stage his interview post-race. We talked about this in the podcast that day. He said Trentin attacked full gas and he was completely in the red. And he thought to himself, now, now is when I have to go. And I just thought that encapsulates everything about cycling. It's just so hard. And you need to go, you need to attack when you've lactate in your eyes and every fibre of your muscle in your body is saying, slow down, stop. You need to say, fuck it, send it. And that's how you win a stage in the Tour de France epic stuff that was our tour de france award show so i feel like the only thing i can do before wrapping up this podcast is to give a world's prediction i'm gonna give wout van art as my world's prediction i know really going out on a limb roadman it's great to be back for the roadman roundup podcast Unfortunately, I bid adieu now to our Tour de France coverage. It's been an amazing three weeks, but I'm going to be back tomorrow with our short-form Roadman Bites podcast. And then Wednesday, Alex Kirsch from Trek Segafredo is joining me for our long-form podcast. And you know the drill, Thursday, Friday again. And there are regular Roadman Bites. We're Monday to Friday, back in our role. Roadman, thanks for joining me for what has been an amazing three weeks of ups, downs, and ultimately for Ireland, a great celebration and Bennett bringing home the green. I would ask you to head on over to patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. That's how you can support this podcast. We're rolling forward. I want to make it bigger and better. I want to invest in better equipment, better guests, and just roll it on. Who knows? We could have a full Lance Armstrong move-style stage by the time we roll around to next year's Tour de France. I really appreciate the support, Roadman. Right safe out there. And I'm going to chat to you tomorrow.